0: Welcome back! It has been quite a while. Excited to be back, though. And um, to start off here, I got Mister Constantly, the current RGL Highlander head admin. Go and introduce yourself, why don't you? Stay a while and listen.
1: <laughs> All right. Well, uh, as Blissing said, I am constantly. I'm the current RGL head admin for Highlander. Uh, recently, gone back into the org after uh, several season break, but I'm excited to be here.
0: Hmm. All right. All right. So, how do you initially get into TF2 on a casual level?
1: Uh, on a casual level, I was still like in, I believe, junior high at the time. I actually was not really. Uh, I was very new to computer games and such. And and uh, a couple of my friends from uh one of my classes uh told told me about Steam and this. They had me play this with game with them. Uh, it was very different to what I kind of expected, and it was very engaging for me, and I continued playing
2: even after they stopped.
3: Hmm. alright, and when did most of them stop?
2: Ah, uh, dang, probably like around
1: graduation, so probably like graduation from that grade, uh, probably like, I'd say 2014, I would say? Hmm. Alright, and, uh, what are you majoring in in college then uh right now uh i'm a little i'm still a little bit hesitant i'm going into environmental engineering because that's a major california uh the uh, california kind of department especially for our like more federal jobs that i'm interested in around the the east coast but uh (laughs) That's what I'm do- doing for college, at least.
0: And was playing engineer in Team Fortress 2, seeing all the harmful effects of the Industrial <laughs> Revolution, gravel pit. You know, was was that an inspiration at all? Did that was that your upbringing for this task? Uh,
1: you know, it wasn't before, but now that you you mention it, you know, what? yeah, it it it's now part of my motivation to avoid. The kind of industrial waste that we see in Team Fortress. Understandable.
0: So, uh, what methods do you think the TF2 Mercs could implement to be a bit more, you know, ecologically friendly? Do they need to go vegan, or do you think maybe that'll just inspire them to kill each other even more? Like, what? What's the? What's the lowdown here?
1: I can't really imagine any of the mercenaries being vegan. Uh, like maybe the medic being vegan, but, uh, hmm. but really. Uh, and I'm sure the bot crisis have made them anti-technology. So, <laughs> uh, I think I think that's all I, they really need is. Hmm. I think I think the bots were kind of an eye opener for the mercenaries.
0: I would agree. I agree. You know, we might still we might hate each other, but we hate bots even more. You
1: know. True. Uh, so you said medic could be a vegan. I mean uh he has a bunch of nice uh nice birds, archimedes hmm. like don't is, wouldn't want to hurt his friends
0: is that why he's the target and then six is in highlander because he's yes. a vegan
1: yep that's why most uh players like the bomb and sack for the medic is not because of uber ad or anything like that solely based off of the fact that the medic is vegan
3: hmm.
0: you know what I think that is incredibly just and based. I think we should base everything off of our eating habits. That should be our new source of social conflict. True. All right. So, um, with that very, very funny tangent aside, uh, what what class did you play back then, like?
1: Uh, in pubs. Yeah. Uh, I mean, like. So when I first started, I was very much an engineer main, right? Like most people start on either engineer or a spy. And my favorite thing, I used to frequent a... Uh, uh, not It was a Skyle, but some kind of 2 port server. And I would be that engineer that would just they have a build-a-gun right in front of their spawn looking into the courtyard. And that was like my favorite thing to do uh, on TF2. Uh, eventually, though, I kind of branched out and I became very fond of the spy class, though. Alright And uh How did you get into competitive
0: then Like how did playing casual engineer Transfer into competitive or like how did Switching from engineer to spy Impact that like
1: Uh it was just that It wasn't really Relative to the classes I was playing but Because back uh when I Was I was starting to get into casual Not casual more quick play more Uh and I would also was starting to watch competitive casts at the time. Uh, I think EVL and XTV was the two big uh, casting orgs for Highlander, and I kind of fell in love with watching Highlander at the time. Uh, and so, like, I kind of wanted... I didn't know how to get into competitive at the time, so the probably the, well, I, the most uh, thing I felt comfortable with was just doing call-outs in pubs, you know. Uh, and so I will just do call-outs over mic when I was like at around the like, 300, 400 hour mark. And uh, it just happened that there was this one guy, I I was on. I remember it pretty clearly, I was on CP process, and I just called, I don't know, like a soldier or something in the lobby. And the dude was just like, yo, you know competitive callouts? He added me on Steam and asked me to join his Highlander team. Hmm. And I was like, sure.
0: So what I'm hearing is, if you make callouts in casual you sound like a professional and it's an easy way to get into a team starting out
1: yeah i mean uh i guess because like i assume at like that kind of level of like iron slot ash like low open uh you don't really have connections or anything so you kind of rely on whatever connections you already have from playing casual or pubs or then like just seeing in a uh, who in a server performs pretty well or knows seems to know what they're doing right and i guess like if you are able to do callouts, or if you know like competitive callouts, uh, then that kind of demonstrates to uh, people of similar level that uh, I don't know you're a potential teammate or competitor. Well,
0: you heard it here: become a pub main caller, and you'll be able to find a low-level Highlander team.
1: I do think that would actually help us a little bit, uh, if like for the low level, for like the kind of pubbers that want to get into competitive but don't know how assuming that they don't already know about competitive tf2 leagues or something they just want to be more like competitive with their playing i guess that that would help and maybe help them find something like rgl
0: Hmm. that's definitely fair i think it's definitely an interesting strategy i think the only possible bad thing though is that you run the risk of becoming a banny sub with your pub main calls
1: that is very true uh and is a very like big consideration uh so, I guess you gotta do a little disclaimer. Do not become a Banny sub. Of course, of course. Your reputation will be in shambles! <laughs> I'm just joking, obviously. I have nothing against Banny.
0: <laughs> of course. You must correct yourself as the uh, authoritative RGL figure.
1: <laughs> I just don't want to be taken out of context. <laughs> and be like, oh no, he hates- the RGL head
2: admin hates Banny.
1: Constantly
3: <laughs> cancelled. Yeah. Hi. Alright. Right. That's fair. So, um,
0: what class was it on, though? Like, what class did you usually main call in pubs as, and what class did you get into competitive as? Uh,
1: main call? I wouldn't say- when I said call, it was like- Not main call, yeah,
0: I just sub main call in my mind.
1: (laughs) Yeah, uh, but for the most part, I was very much into Spy, like I said before, and so uh, I was actually picked up originally on Spy. Uh, I was going to play my first season of Steel, I think season 18, on- the spy class, uh, though in the preseason, uh, our engineer had to quit for various reasons, and we had a spy sub, but we were looking for engineer, and I wasn't really too picky about my class, so and I just kind of wanted to play, so I was like, hey, that it makes it easier. I th- we have a spy sub, put them on main, and then I'll just play NG. He hmm. was like, you sure? And I was like, yeah, and that's how I became an engineer main. Is that how you became a certified professional? god that team was so dorky i think no one on that team of the starters was like over 16 i think it was like all like minors at the time Hmm. like it was just yeah it was just a bunch of kids just playing tf2 which at the time it was it was fun being with people around my age uh, playing a video game
0: Hmm. do you still interact with any of those people like did you make any friends from back then that you keep today
1: Absolutely, uh, not from the main roster, because uh, I don't have any contact with anyone on the main roster from that season. Uh, I believe, yeah, yeah, not even the Medic now that I remember. Uh, but from the sub roster, uh, I had a couple of friends that sorry, they kind of asked me to play on their team uh, the next season, Season 19. Uh, and then that's how I really got into the friend group that I still have contact with today, and I still play TF2 with, like, today. I literally played with my Season 19 Steel Team Leader last night in the Uncle Topia pub.
3: Hmm.
1: So
0: that would be, like, the Never Knows Best crew, NKB?
1: Uh, More or less, but it wasn't really... Um, I would say, because at the time, the only person... On NKB that I met or that played that season was Vushus. Uh, oh, I guess Vush, uh, hmm. who's currently playing in invite on Relax. Uh, but like, and maybe sixes as well. I don't know why he's playing on sixes though. Uh, but like, then the NKB already came along around season twenty, twenty-one in silver. But yeah, I. I It doesn't mean I don't talk to a lot of the Season 19 friends. They just just don't really play TF2 anymore. Outside of, like, Pliskin, my team leader. And I actually played many, many seasons with Mr. New,
2: uh, believe it or not.
0: I
1: hardly knew it.
2: Yeah. Uh, I don't don't (laughs) know if you remember who that player is. Ah, yes. I'm I'm familiar with him. I am. But yeah, I mostly played on t- friend teams for most of my seasons. And
1: when did you end up like, sort like sort of like reaching
0: a turning point per se? Like, when did you really like break the threshold into like I've, I guess what would eventually be like RGL silver invite? Like, how did that sort of end up transpiring, especially like, with like friend teams mostly?
1: What what like at what point did I really start to improve? Yeah, more or less. Um. I would say season four of RGL. Uh, Like two and a half years after uh, playing Steel, uh, I was really, really, really bad. Uh, I'm going to be honest, like really bad. And even now, I wouldn't say that I'm particularly great. Uh, It's just that like after season 19, I kind of took a break and... I became kind of a sub for all the friend teams afterwards. I would get a decent amount of playtime, but I was never really looking for improvement. I wasn't really, didn't really know what to do. I never got a mentor or anything. I just kind of played TF2, but like in a pub way more than anything. Uh, Even when I was subbing for the friend team, when they got into invite and got rolled on most of their matches, like I think I played like two scrims and it was like really bad. Uh, I played low silver on Scorp's team. I don't know if you remember who Scorp is. Uh, yes, I remember, like the Happy Eye friend group. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, I Mid-heaven? Sold The dictionary. Yeah,
0: mid Yeah,
1: I think that that I, I mained again on that team. That team was interesting. That was I don't know if you have seen the scrambled copy pasta, but that I was have. that was the season that became a thing. Uh, when I played with the. Uh, Brandon, Extra Solar, Scratch. I'm so sorry for you. It was a scrambled. Yeah, it was an interesting season for sure. Uh, I got yelled at quite a bit, uh, but uh, it was it was well deserved. Then I started to do really, I started to like play like silver coming into season two of RGL. Uh, I, I felt like I was getting better, but still wasn't super great and like looking back at our season 2 matches we played super sloppy uh around season 4 was a win- when like uh, I played with you on 1k9k um, yeah 1k9k one Korean 9 keyboard that's when I actually started taking the game like way more seriously and critical level and like actually reviewing myself and it was the first time we really started like winning and doing well and I just kind of kept it up from there and I'm a lot happier with how i play now so what led to you like sort of having
0: that change though? like what led to the change in motivation and drive was it just the fact that you were remaining in a higher division or like did uh, it seem like the team had more potential and it wasn't just another friend team
1: so i guess technically it stemmed from the season prior season three uh around the end of the season like we morale was pretty low. We were going basically 0 and 7. Uh I think we ended up going 2 and 5 because the only team worse than us disbanded and then we took one miracle win against uh Home Depot. Uh Bopus. Yep, Bopis. But I really just wasn't playing great and uh at a time our team was being mentored by Civilian and so it was just uh was seeing my stats because i had very low kills very high deaths on product and it was like hey like literally just came to me and was like hey you pro if, like you want your team to win you want your team to do something like like look at you look at your deaths compared to your kills like you're just not saying a lot you're not doing anything like something needs to change or you might like if you want your team to win you might have to like bench yourself and I was like, wow, I don't wanna get be benched. I don't wanna I don't like being put in that position of, hey, I'm the one that's kind of holding the team down. I, I don't think that's particularly what he was trying to say. Uh, but like that's kind of how I took it. Right. And so that kind of brought me down for a little bit, but then season four I was like, All right, I'm gonna be I don't wanna be in that position again. I wanna be a player that can actually help my team succeed. And so from there that's just why I started improving.
0: Hmm. and what do you say just like getting third place that season just seeing the potential of that team actually getting a decent bit of success was that like a turning point for you mentally?
1: absolutely Uh, I started feeling like super competitive that like that like mentally I felt like I if I can get third place just from improving my mental like if I just keep on going on this then I just have more and more success leading up uh i did kind of have another (laughs) though i think after that my mentality kind of shifted though because i think not season five but season six uh was when the kind of mentality shifted because i played on the frat house which is a bunch of like boomer players that just were playing to kind of have fun and so and then i would say that like Game started to feel a lot kind of sillier, I'd say. Like, we were all trying to win, but it felt more like a fun kind of team versus a trying hard kind of team. So my god, say what you are going to say, sorry. Uh, So my mentality kind of shifted starting that season from, uh, from reviewing all the time and then trying super hard to win to more just like, I'll play my best, but ultimately if I can make a funny play to kind of like clip and then show my friends uh that was kind of a priority
0: so i got two follow-ups then sorry yeah. for interjecting it's so like i to go um uh, so first so the season four where we took pyrovers like every single time and you play with me on pyre felt more serious <laughs> than season six
1: uh yeah uh, i mean like <laughs> from my perspective as the engineer building level three guns uh yes if that feel more serious versus season six where on steel i would build a gun not gun, a telly that went to the jfk uh windows from a whatever you want to call it and then just kill the sniper whenever they were called there i still have clips of that which was really funny Beast. uh uh yeah it was a very shift in how i wanted to approach the game mode hmm. and
0: did that ever shift back? Like, did you ever shift back to taking it more seriously? If so, when,
2: Absolutely.
1: when would that be? Um, season, probably season eight with, uh, yeah, yeah, uh, because they had very, like, because they reviewed, like, pretty seriously. Like, it, they took the game very seriously and we were all trying really hard to win. Uh, and that kind of just shifted my mentality back. I, I guess you could say that depending on the team that I play with, I, my attitude kind of changes with just fit whatever the kind of theme is with the team. And that's just how it kind of adjusted. And then the next season, season nine, I got back with the NKB friends and we got second place in advance slash challenger by the game seriously. So uh, I would say that I am a lot more successful when I take the game a lot more seriously. Uh, Shocker, shocker. Uh, but either way, I tend to have fun with however the teams try to play.
2: Right. So, would you describe yourself as a bit of a uh, social chameleon then? Um. Would I describe myself as that? Yeah. I su- Do you
0: just like absorb the energy of a so- of the team.
1: I mean, I I suppose I guess there are kind of limits to like uh what kind of environments i want to be in like if it's not a great environment i'll often just kind of stay more silent and out of the way Hmm, uh so i wouldn't say i'm already a social chameleon but uh sometimes but not all the time
3: Hmm. all right we
0: should do some scientific testing sometime break the limits of your own character
1: how do you feel about this statement uh i feel like a test subject which feels very weird most excellent Anyways,
0: carry on. Alright. So, looking back at it, do you sort of regret, like, those earlier UGC days just, like, not taking it very seriously back then? Or was it just kind of fun to just goof off and have fun in the lower divisions back then? And not really care about improving or that much? Uh,
1: in UGC? Yeah. Um, again, like, I I wouldn't say it, because, like, I think it's because of that I was able to make the friends that I still have today, so that... That's even like if I missed out on opportunities to improve myself and place higher in silver gold, maybe even plat if i'm even though I missed out those those opportunities, uh I was able to make very good connections with great people that I still talk to today, and honestly, I value that a lot out hmm. of the complaining competitive t f two because it like you don't play for the money, you play for the social
0: right you don't want to be earning below minimum wage for like months of work,
1: yeah. All right. uh, and in the, the times I was subbing and not taking it as seriously, uh, I was able to focus a lot on my schoolwork and such, So it's not like I was losing out. Right. Everything
0: is a bit of a trade-off. So would you say it's important to like have a bit of a mix then between seasons, where you're taking it a lot more seriously, in seasons where you're just like goofing off, having fun with friends?
1: I think so. And I think like some other like players kind of have the same mentality, especially where they they're like, oh, I want to. Take it less serious on an off-class team, and then oh, I want to go back in main class and try to win again. It's I think there's a healthy mix. I don't think you always have to try to uh, place on your best class all the time.
2: Uh, that's kind of a what I think is a formula to get burnt out. I think mixing it up uh,
1: is like mixing it up and maybe like changing mentality to kind of uh, fit the situation can. Just make the game more fun in the long run.
0: Right. It's important for it to be sustainable because you're not going to grow that much if it's not sustainable. You know. what I mean. Yeah.
1: Uh. Yeah. I agree. All
0: right. Good to hear. Good to hear. If you didn't agree, I was going to have to uh, end this recording right now. Oh shit. There can be no disagreement. It- <laughs> I'm kidding. Maybe. Don't. Don't, mm. don't.
2: Don't. Don't try and find out. I'm warning you. Right, now now you make me curious. Hmm. I see. I regret my decision. (laughs)
3: Alright,
2: so anyways. So, would you say, like, the social atmosphere, the whole experience of UGC was very different than, like, how RGL has been? If so, how? Um, I never really... Okay, so, I can't really comment.
1: Uh, I mostly played on friend teams, and... Like the one team in UGC I played on that wasn't a friend team, I kinda just showed up to play, uh, and that was it. I didn't ring I perm- I didn't ring for teams, I didn't uh play pugs or hang out on mm. the R- on the UGC forums or anything. So I, I can't really compare the culture uh, as a player.
0: I guess I'll go and rephrase that question then. Do you think that you would have as easy of a time just like Playing with friends, teams, networking, making all those meaningful connections that have, like, lasted for as long as they did? Like, do you think you'd be able to do that in the present day if you were just starting out? Like, you in specific?
1: Um, yeah, I'd say so. Hmm. Alright, so
0: you don't think there's been, like, an inherent shift in the culture in that sense? In Specifically in that sense, not as much, no. Alright, well, I'm, I'm curious now. What senses do you think there might be cultural shifts in then?
2: Control
1: shifts. Yeah, seeing um, as
0: you said, like specifically in that sense. In response,
1: I mean, a lot of it feels like uh, there's a lot less. Um, how do I how do I phrase this? Uh, well, I'm trying to think um, because it's a kind of a behavioral thing on how you interact with others. Uh, it's a lot more. I felt like in UJC uh it was a little bit more condescending to say I feel like uh it wasn't a little bit I guess it ties with toxicity changes because RGL enforces it a lot more while I do think like those kind of personalities still exist in RGL uh it's not quite as loud because uh back in UJC it these kind of like Things like harassment and such was a lot more uh, vocal and prominent. I felt
2: as a player at the time, uh, right. because although I didn't, uh, for instance, like although I didn't like interact on
1: the UGC forums, I would occasionally like read a thread or two and see the kind of like shit that people would be saying. Hmm. And obviously, there's not quite as much. Uh, on the RGL forums because uh, RGL forums kind of uh, keep the shit the ki- keep the kind of drama as well shitposting to a minimum, uh, though we still see it occasionally. Hmm. What do you say? That's why the forums are kind of dead.
0: I'm half. Uh, jo- yeah. I'm half joking, <laughs> not fully though.
1: Yeah, and I'm, I'm going to give you a serious answer. I do actually think so. I think uh, because a lot of the reason for forums, especially now that Discord's very popular. Like, was for those kind of public kind of drama, as well as just kind of joking around with their friends, kind of just griefing around the forums and I such. See. And, uh, sorry? Uh, never mind, never mind.
0: Okay, sorry, sorry. Um, yeah, it's just I have to get used to, like, everybody's speech patterns a bit. <laughs> uh, okay, so my follow-up to that would be, getting back on track... Do you think that the shift from like uh, drama mostly being on public forums to Discord's has been a beneficial thing, a negative thing, or do you think it's just like
1: more nuanced than that? Um, I mean, the grand scheme of things, like, it's not a positive thing because that it's still happening; it's just happening more behind closed doors. Right. Say, like Behind like uh, everyone's little private Discords, they will say it instead of in a giant public area. Uh, but it's still happening. Right. But-, but it's better in the sense that, like, as a new player, you don't feel as intimidated. You don't feel, like, it. you can feel a little bit more comfortable interacting with it. So I think in that sense, it is a positive.
0: Right. So it's, like, a trade-off between just, like, it being harder to moderate if it is something that's generally harmful, and it being just, like, the the truth of the matter, like, the harm not being necessarily seen, because it's, like, not something you
2: have to interact with. Say? So, uh, I'm sorry, could you repeat the question one more time? I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah, that one was a little long but I gotta,
0: like, work on the wording, but, um... So it's a bit of a trade-off, right, between it just being, like, not as noticeable, which is both a good and the bad thing, because, like, it can kind of mislead you into believing, like, that the community is in a better state or, like, that there isn't as much trouble as there is. But, like, I'd say that's probably more of a good thing for newer players, but then there, it's also a bit of a trade-off with like it being harder to moderate if it is something that's genuinely harmful, right?
1: Uh, yeah, I mean, like I think it being harder to moderate isn't quite the thing because if like people know, they will the people uh, will report to RGL because RGL has a, a good reporting system versus like. The support tickets from UGC, and they take a lot more action on these kind of harmful things. Oh. Uh, and and even if they don't, like they at least review it. Whereas on UGC, you could submit something and you couldn't even know whether they looked at it or not. Ah, uh-huh.
0: so for this, I actually want to like bring up just like if you if you recall, there was like this massive thread on like harassment in RGL or something, I think amputated did it, and there was a lot of discussion between like private, public places of moderation and forums, and that's kind of, I guess, what I was trying to get at a bit. Like, some of these things, now that they're on Discord, it's like, you can't really moderate it all or like, fully trust it compared to if it being on the public forums, right? Because mm-hmm. it's like, you have to worry about it being like, faked if it's from a Discord or anything. Like, yeah. So in that sense, what do you say? Maybe it's a bit of a negative? Uh,
1: yeah, I could say so, yeah.
0: Alright, so, um, uh, do you have any thoughts on that particular thread now that I bring up, the uh, addressing racism slash anti-LGBTQ speech? Um, f- um, thread, I
1: can link it to you real quick. Okay, I, I'm going to be honest, I can't really comment too much because I haven't, I, I do remember seeing it, but I haven't like read it in a very long time because it's from, it's been over a year, I think, this thread, right? Uh,
0: yeah, January t- uh, 16th, 2021. Okay, I just figured I'd like, bring it up since there's like a lot of back and forth between the idea of like private discords and whatnot. And them being, like, different to moderate.
1: Yeah, I'm sorry. I can't comment on it, uh, comfortably.
0: No, that that's fair, yeah. I imagine this will also, like, especially as an admin. Like, the head admin. Alright, I figured it would be
2: interesting to, like, jump to nonetheless. Very well. Um. Uh, so, did you have any interactions with, like, UGC admins ever,
0: or
1: not really? Uh... At, like, directly? I did not. I think, at that time, I think I, I talked to, I think I talked to one admin, uh, about match comms through the UGC Discord. I don't know which admin. I'm pretty sure they're retired at this point. It was not Kamori. It was not Nick. Um, it was not Firefly. I don't. I'm I'm sorry. I can't remember. I I don't really remember anything from the interaction. But it was for something pretty. It was for something pretty minor, like uh, match results or something. Which, uh, I mean, I contacted them and they
2: were able to get it fixed. It, it was pretty short. Hmm, alright. So not that many. Okay. Um, do you have any thoughts? In, like,
0: was the meta dip that much different back in the UGC days? Like, in like the middle divisions? Than, the meta, like... Yeah. Okay, so like, what would be some examples? Like, how is it developed? How is it different from how it used to be?
1: uh i think teams would have had a lot more passive holds personally i know in like the higher divisions like for instance products dk kind of made forward holding on products a lot more popular uh in the middle divisions from what i could tell like there was nothing like that it was very it was very kind of passive and people played around behind rock a lot more than pocket sounds awfully uh,
0: european to me
1: <laughs> i guess you could say that yeah uh the whitelist was also slightly different. I I remember when the Razorback was banned for a little bit, and it was very different. Also because of all the this was before Meet Your Match and Jungle Inferno, all those balance changes. So uh, they were kind of like the weapons functioned a fair bit differently. Right. Okay. Um,
0: I guess there's like a few more things I could jump into before getting into like what I think to be the meat of the interview. Yeah um so tell me a bit more about nkb that's like your main friend group right how did that sort of develop how has that been like what what really defines it for you
1: defines it I yeah mean, the friend
0: group interaction
1: i mean it's pretty simple uh it's a friend group. So play tf2 with my friends that i like playing tf2 with uh we have our ups and downs when we play but overall i just love playing with my friends hmm. well uh how did the group come to be i guess then you come to be. I mean, like I said, a a fair amount of my friends from that team I knew from VGC, like uh, Kami, Vush, Jer. Uh, I knew them all from Lorgon. Knew them from before. Uh, from before RGL was right. a uh, was a thing, and we first became a thing in season two. Uh, when Vush wanted to make a team and. Uh, team and it was there that i met actually a decent of the, decent few of the other uh friends that i now have uh such it So this is craft kitty gadilly i met Civ, uh and yeah uh from there we just kept on playing every other season so we went from season 2 uh we played we were planning to play main again season 3 but uh, uh, we were contacted because like n- they needed more teams in advance and my team was like, why not? So we played Season 3, which was a mistake. Uh, But then from there we started alternating every other season. So then we took a break Season 4, or, but then we came back Season 5. We took a break Season 6, came back Season 7, then Season 9, which was the last... I think it's the last time we really planned to play together. I think my, a lot of my t- friends are kind of burnt out. Uh, We'll probably play again eventually but for now it doesn't look like nkb is coming back all right so
0: what led to you like what led to you leading at some of the time you weren't like really a core part of it at the start or so
2: Vush didn't know how to lead i see bit of a uh, skill issue uh absolutely
1: Vush. if you're listening to this that was a complete skill diff right there uh leader diff uh <laughs> I I I basically led tryouts. I started scheduling scrims just because like either Vush was like super slow or like sometimes it like a little bit indecisive, and I kind of got tired of it, so I took over. I mean nothing against Vush. I love Vush, but like uh, I just wasn't super happy with how he's leading, and then I just became the I guess you could say main leader since then. Just (laughs) not even because I wanted to, just because like I. I would prefer doing it over Boosh. And how did that
0: transpire? Like, was there drama or anything? Like, how did you end up, like, becoming the leader? Were you just like, yo, I'm going to lead this season, and they're like, okay?
1: Yeah, essentially. I mean,
0: Vooch didn't want to lead. Oh, okay, uh, I mean, what are it's understandable.
1: I was going to be yeah. like, what the fuck did you do, man? I mean, like, there was drama at some point, just because, like, whenever I would get kind of stressed out, I would, uh, I uh, stressed it out, and I didn't want to... I would just, like, if the team was not doing super well, I would get kind of stressed out from leading, and then I would kind of ask Boosh to kind of take over, but he wouldn't do do it reliably, and so I'd kind of get mad at him. But for the most part, that was just me being silly. It
2: wasn't because he did anything wrong. Hmm, alright. Bit of a silly man, for sure, for sure. Okay. Well, let's see. How about, like, uh mentoring have you had any like mentoring experiences anything
1: like that is that something you take joy in doing uh i used to mentor a little bit uh i got got a little bit of mentoring from uh i had one demo review from wax two demo reviews from mothership uh i had a demo review from Civ uh back when like i as i already explained he was telling me uh what i needed to improve he helped me a little bit. But outside of that, I never really had mentoring and I kind of wish I did. It was more like self-taught whatever yeah. I learned through like watching others play. Uh and so like past that, I kind of wanted to give back and like give support to others what I couldn't, what I didn't have so that I could improve better and so others could improve better. Uh so I had a few mentees for the most part it was like a uh, one or two off demos and then they just wouldn't contact again uh i had a little bit of mentoring that i did in the mothership uh, engineer.tf discord it was pretty short-lived since one i felt like i couldn't give advice as well as other engineers like when i see other mentors like other players that are helping others like a uh, june or austin uh i can't help but like no think that why how can i do this if i feel like those players can play engineer better than me and can give advice better uh and that i may give advice to them and it might be like a game losing decision and so i got kind of worried about that and then that makes with my own like uh lack of time because of school and such I just decided to give up on it. Hmm. Now that I'm back as staff for RGL, especially as a head admin, I just don't have the time for it anymore. If I wasn't RGL staff, I would probably try to give it another go, but I do have a little bit of insecurities with my own playstyle. Right. So, um, why didn't you just, you know, take out the competition
0: back when you felt like you were being outclassed mentoring-wise? Riddle me that. All right, I'm sorry, take the competition back? Yeah, why didn't you take out the competition?
1: Take out the competition? Yeah. You whoa, whoa. you lacking?
2: Uh, I mean, I guess in a sense, uh, you could say that. <laughs> That's why you're not a spy man anymore. Yeah, though no, I'm hoping to be spy this season. Oh yeah, um, what's this season gonna be for you?
1: Uh, I'm trying right now for season thirteen. By the time we're recording this, um, I'd like to play spy. Because I was ringing the other night, as uh, you might have seen, uh, it, and I oh, yeah. had a lot of fun with it. I think Spy is a very fun class, but, Somebody that's told, why yeah. every- but that's why everyone wants to play it. Right, right.
0: It's like their own ticks and like style of making it work and playing it, yep.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: Okay uh is that some have you like played any spy in competitive really before or is this your first real time like playing it in like a higher
1: division or like really that much in the first place uh i would ring spy occasionally and played occasional spy and pug in like pugs but I, i've never played a full season of spy that's why i'd like to try playing it expand my skill set hmm.
2: uh and i got michael lately to help me out if i ever am in trouble Brother, Big Hi. Brother Alright. going over spy tips with me. There's probably one
0: last topic to touch on before I get into like more admin stuff. Okay. So you mentioned pugs, yeah? Uh, what what have your experience in, pu- in pugs been like? What what are your thoughts on like the state of pugs? What
1: sort of? I don't know. Just give me some give me some little work with here. Um. I don't. I'm not a pugger that much anymore. Uh, I would occasionally add up two pugs, and I've wanted to pug before. Uh, but I don't know. Half the time, it's kind of goofy with things like rocket jumpers or just trying to focus your friend. And then the other half of the time, uh, I'm I might be forced onto like a class I didn't want to play, like medic or demo. I really do not enjoy medic or demo. You don't enjoy demo, man. I really don't. Why uh, is I, that? Um, I like hit-scan. I just like uh, having it so that when I point at something, if I, my crosshair is on it and I click, it does damage instantly. Wait, I'm sorry. You don't like hit- you don't like hit-scan? You like no, hit-scan? I like hit-scan, like hit yeah. Then why do you play engineer? Uh, I have a shotgun, I have a pistol, I'm a budget scout. Oh, oh. Th- so you can aim? You can, Engineers can aim now? Mmm, I can try to
0: aim. Ah, uh, okay, you can try. I right, I appreciate the sentiment, you know, it's all about the effort. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah, yeah. I, right. I, I'm i trying to aim. I, I'll get there eventually. Maybe not today, maybe not tomorrow, but eventually. Yeah. Glad you took the bait there, though, for sure,
0: for sure. <laughs> Alright, uh, then I guess, have you played any other formats,
1: or is there only really just, like, Highlander? Uh, I played with friends in the no restriction no restriction sixes i've played uh pro lander bores was always a fun one to do i just got done with a friend team in im sixes uh i enjoyed flank scout uh though i don't think i would have a time for one this upcoming season uh but i enjoy all the formats that i've been playing i see do
0: you have any like specific thoughts or sentiments on no restriction sixes and pro lander Do you think they're, like, things that are worth the time investment that, like, there should be
2: more, uh, for- like, seasons or, like, cups for? Um... It's kinda tough.
1: I would say I'm not in- particularly interested in- in either format on a per-season thing. I think cups are fine, uh little like, mini tournaments that happen over the course of a weekend. I think that's fine and great. Pro and, uh, so, uh, Lender Pugs can be pretty fun. Uh, past that, though, I can't say my interest is quite there. Okay.
3: Uh- do you think RRG, like, even if you aren't personally interested, do you think
0: RG would benefit from just like Prolander becoming more of a thing as it used to be.
1: Prolander,
0: yeah. Um, no, the foundation of the league initially.
1: Personally, I'm don't think uh, Prolander is necessarily great for the scene. Uh, not it's not negative, but it doesn't really add much to competitive as much as like the difference between sixes and Highlander. Uh, NR sixes would be a cool way to kind of bring together a casual competitive if the in-game competitive was actually functional. Like, if that was something that was actually played in-game competitive, I think, uh, I think NR6s would definitely close the gap between the 6s that we all know and love, and that kind of, uh, no-restriction 6s. Hmm. Uh, while the NR, well, the current in-game competitive is not very liked, though, I, it feels more like a format people play for fun, versus, like, a a way to close the gap between casual and repetitive and get an easier introduction. That's just how I feel currently. Uh, I And I don't remember actual statistics behind this, so I'm not going to claim that, like, I'm basing this off of, like, uh, statistics
2: or, re- like, solid reasoning. It's just how I've kind of observed the two formats. Uh, okay. Uh, is, is like, No Restriction 6s thing you've pushed for at all? Uh, No Restriction 6s? I yeah. was pretty
1: uh, pro for it the first season, like, season 1. Uh, I was an admin for uh, RGL during when we were playing for season 1, and I really loved the idea. Uh, I actually used to play the in-game 6s, like, quite a bit. Uh, just because it was fun. It was like a mini, like, DM server, almost, uh, in the in-game competitive. Uh, and I quite liked, uh, I enjoyed it quite a bit, and I thought that it would be a good way to close the gap. Uh, just, but going into Season 2, and seeing the outcome of it, my, and as well as just the general, kind of, theme of how in-game competitive has been treated over time, by the communities, both pub,
2: casual, and also competitive communities, it just felt like less of a productive effort.
3: Okay. Uh uh-huh. What do you think could be done to, like, it's something of interest. Like, what could be learned from it? How could it be improved for the future?
2: From the seasons of No Restriction 6s? Yeah, or like in-game competitive too for that matter. Like, just in general like, you think
0: it's something interesting, right? But like, how could your reality with it being more prominent be achieved?
1: I'm gonna be honest, like I would really it would really kind of like, to really make No Restriction 6s kind of seasons have full productivity and like, really help our competitive scene uh, with growing n- numbers while well, including kind of pubbers into it uh, and giving pubbers like an easier way to transition into competitive because like right now the easiest way is uh, the- through like newbie mixes and through like just like watching players play which is great but I I feel like uh, a step like NR6 is even a better way to kind of transition because NR6 is very Pub like no there's no kind of class restrictions no weapon restrictions Uh, you kind of just play it like a you play it like a very serious 6v6 pub um where like you're kind of learning how to calm uh learn kind of like how to move together with other players how to kind of call things out and just very very basics what classes are good in this kind of uh, 6v6 mode what classes are not as good? I think the only thing that I that's not going to happen obviously at this point, but what would really help it would just be an update to the in game competitive mode. We're not going to see that anytime mm. soon, but that's I don't that's what would really make NR6s just like really take off. I feel. Don't-
0: what makes you say that though? Like we've been seeing some TF two updates recently, right? Like, uh, why do you think they, in specific, like they wouldn't really like push for the competitive at all?
1: Uh, because while from my observations of the changes are more bug related fixes and such versus like full on gameplay changes and system hmm. changes, and uh, competitive would need need a pretty big system change because right now we have issues like. Cre- uh, games will crash if you have p If you have the wrong DX level, uh, games will crash. You have restrictions on your graphic settings. Uh, that kind of stuff that's, like, that kind of, like, turn people away from the in-game competitive mode. No one right. wants to turn off, like, p every time uh, they want to play and then reinstall it. And if they they have to reinstall it, because if they forget, they could get banned from RGL for a demo missing or something. Like It's just a it's just a big pain, right? Like it could just be
0: as simple as adding an option to like temporarily disable Preg for right, or just like having that yeah. happen. Surely Valve could do that, but uh, I think the bigger solution here, right? Since they've been doing bug fixes, is to re- is to remove a-, a mode that doesn't work. Like you can't play. That
1: it. is true. Just uh, to remove it
0: from the main menu. I'm kind of kidding, kind of not.
1: No, but I mean, by when you say mode, what well, I was thinking is another problem is that they have maps like Turbine in that. Oh yeah. Uh, in that Valve competitive. Yeah, they make you play like turbine or upward. What do you think? Environment.
0: What do you think the rationale for that was?
1: Uh, I think it was to be like it. It seemed to be like to be more inclusive to everything that TF2 has to offer, right? All right. the different classes can see play. All the different weapons can see play. Uh, different team comps, and in this case, different modes, right? They right. see, like you can have competitive on payload, competitive on CP, that kind of thing. But obviously we don't really quite see that and even in other sort of esports, they tend to contain it within one or two game modes.
0: So would you say that like no restriction sixes running uh payload would be a mistake as well then?
1: Um depends. Like I I think upward wouldn't be good. Uh I think I played upward even in no restriction sixes and I yeah. like it. Like the first I- one or so. I don't mind vigil as much because it's short it feels shorter, it feels like a lot faster paced. Hmm. Uh which is why like people tend to like it in Highlander as well. Uh I think that would have potential as a map, but outside of Vigil, I couldn't see any payload map working. Uh,
0: so what if they like what if there were more payload maps kind of designed specifically for the mode, kind of like in- along the lines of vigil? Do you think that could be something that would help?
1: Yeah. Absolutely. I mean if they want to if push for a kind of payload that kind of idea of like having multiple different modes it could potentially all right. uh, i think the consistency of practicing one mode is best though like uh i don't know like on valorant like it's just it's all, or like a uh, csgo you just basing it around the objective of diffusing and planting bom- bomb what about round. rescuing
0: the hostage though
1: uh, <laughs> i mean i'm sure there's tournaments about that as well but yes. that's a separate thing and so that's why I think like keeping it kind of consistent to one mode is the best. It also is just easiest for players to practice.
3: Hmm,
0: okay, that's definitely fair. Yeah, especially when you're like just looking at like people who play the game casually who don't have as much interest in competitive necessarily. Like it's you 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 don't want to have like a super high learning curve for sure. Yeah,
1: yeah, but- though it does kind of suck it in a way because uh, that just because some people like it would kind of exclude groups that specifically don't like playing one Mode, especially as I've seen from Uncle Topia players, like people don't like playing the same mode over and over again. Uh, from a Casual perspective,
0: untrue. Have you ever been like once they get on payload, it stays on payload for eternity? I'm kind of kidding. Uh,
1: no, no, no. Like that's actually real. Like it does stay, but it, there are a pretty vocal bunch that don't like payload as well. Oh and, yeah, and so by keeping it, if we were to have a, a format that was payload only, then those. The, those pl- kind of people wouldn't really have a place in competitive.
0: competitive. What if we just made multiple, like, ones? Like, one for the Uncle Topia payloaders, you know? Just break it into a ton of separate simultaneous cups, nothing could go wrong?
1: Nothing could go wrong, right? All
0: right. Uh, could
1: we see organized
0: 12v12 in the future to really appeal to the casual audience?
1: Hmm. You know, I'll write it down, I'll get back to you on that. <laughs> aye,
0: aye, yeah, yeah, yeah. This is my uh, application to Argelium. Okay, fair enough, fair enough. Uh, I think that's about that topic beaten to the ground. Um, I believe, which is onto adminship now. So, sure. what led to you becoming an admin initially? Like, what was the motivation and the methodology of it?
1: Um, it's been a while, huh? Uh, my first time as an RGO admin? Uh, well, I'm gonna go even further back, because I was- Go ahead. Uh, I was a RGO helper- uh, when the org first started, I think... I think it... Well, I think the server was made in Fall 2015, but... Uh, I was involved around early 2016, where we did the first Prolander, uh, One Day Cup. This was before we had seasons for Prolander. Uh, and so the winner... I, I still have the medal for it. Hold on, one second. I can actually tell... It was... Oh, no, it was for the Winter 2017, So it's per, so, like... I think it was January of 2017, so that was when the first cup happened for Prolander and I was involved as one of the helpers for it, and I kind of helped uh, manage divisions for that one-day cup. I think started around mo- uh, noon my time, and then ended in the evening. Uh, and I kind of enjoyed it. Uh, I had a little bit of problems with one of the teams, but uh, Sigafruld helped me figure it out, and I just had a fun time helping up the uh, players. Uh, I didn't really help... like I. Ch- tried helping again in the next cup but I was just unfortunately a little bit too busy so I wasn't as involved uh and so I kind of just kind of stopped helping up until uh RGL Highlander became a thing which took off about like a year or two probably like two years after I think it was one or two years after uh, Prolander was the big thing uh in RGL and we had the old RGL Highlander Discord, because Highlander used to be a different Discord from the current RGL Discord, Uh, and they started holding uh, Experimental Cups, and at that time, uh, I'm not sure why at that time, they didn't just use uh, admins for the staff members, but they were looking for kind of helpers to help out with those cups and adminning for them. Uh, and so I volunteered, and I volunteered for all three of the Cups. Be- I think it was three, it was two or three of the Cups before I finally became an admin season four. Uh, like, right before season four, so like, during the season three off season, uh, postseason. Uh, I applied, and I got in, mainly because I had, like, so much experience uh, with RGO Cups before. Uh, I I was the moderator for newcomer for a couple, of, uh, sorry, open for a couple seasons, because uh, we used to just call the division open before splitting it into newcomer and amateur. In which case, I was the newcomer, I believe, uh, admin as soon as that division was created. Uh, and I did that up until season eight, the first season of Challenger. Uh was my last season of admining, uh which was also the la- michelele's last season of admining, uh where i stepped down to take a break and then i came back in as a kind of floating admin uh season 11 so this spring but i didn't really do anything or pay attention too much uh and now i'm the head admin for season 12 and for the foreseeable future
2: Hmm. okay so as you like what are the different admin positions
0: you filled division-wise? You said newcomer is one of them, right?
1: Yeah, I I was the open moderator. Uh, yeah, I was I was only the moderator, I believe, for open, up until the newcomer admin, and then I did I only did the newcomer admin up until I'm now the
2: overall head admin.
0: Okay. So, what was it like going from being like a moderator to an admin?
2: Uh, it
1: moderator to an admin, it's kind of different because, uh, like it's not so much the case anymore because I try to keep all my staff kind of working together and working as a team to kind of talk things over and make decisions about their divisions. But before it was pretty much, uh, kind of a helper, it was like an assistant versus, uh, the actual like position doing the Uh, doing the job so like admins would make the decisions and the the moderators at the time kind of felt like they would say something here and there and just do what they were told but that was about it Hmm. that was the kind of feeling that I had back then because it was a pretty new position I believe at the time they weren't when I became a moderator it wasn't quite established there wasn't really an established kind of thing it was more like At the time, they figured that admins needed help with their divisions, so they hired more... I I say hired, but uh, they asked for more staff, uh, more volunteers, to kind of, like, help them with the workload.
2: Right. Okay. So how did you end up becoming the
3: headman of Highlander?
0: What's the Um, story
3: there?
1: So I was a... I didn't originally plan on it, really. I was a floating admin through Season 11, where I, if someone asked for, for help, I would be there to help, was the kind of reasoning I was there at the time. I wanted to reapply for Season 11, because I wanted to help out Highlander again. Uh, at the time, Season 10, I was having a little bit of frustrations with how it was. Something I realized upon uh, leaving Highlander Season 8 was that, It's one thing to have like get all this information because you have all these like back end channels and ways of getting that information. But although you may know that like as a staff member, it it really felt like there was kind of a wall at times where people just wouldn't get information. like didn't have the information until like it was publicly stated, but then publicly stated could take like the day before the actual event happens or like the day of. And so I was getting really frustrated that from a Highlander side, so I wanted to help out and maybe get Highlander back on the right track. And I didn't don't mean to imply that Willmatic was doing anything bad or any of the other admins particularly was doing anything bad. It was just a trend for the overall like staff at the time. Right. Okay. For Highlander. And so that was my kind of purpose, but I didn't end up doing much because I don't, I don't know if people just... At this time, uh, there was no really any staff that was around from when I was staffed, besides like Joey Lemons. And uh, so like no one really knew me, and no one really asked for anything from me. So I just ended up being there. I would comment like here and there, but for the most part, I was pretty detached. Uh, uh, Then I found out that the head admin position would be opening up. And I kind of decided, like, hey, if I want things to be run in a certain way, like, I can do that myself. Uh, like, I uh, why not be the one to take action rather than just making a call for action without being the one to actually step forward? Uh, so if I wanted to be the change, I just stood up and volunteered. Uh, and it's not like I said, hey, I want to be head admin, and they just instantly give it to me. I had to wait for the head admins at the time to kind of make their decision on who would take place of RGL head admin. Uh, I had to apply for it and and, uh, I got it. And, you know, I was kind of surprised. I didn't know whether or not I would be the right fit. And to this day, I'm still not sure if I'm right for the position. I'm trying to be, do the best I can, but uh, I don't know. uh, We'll see how how far my passion uh will take us, i guess
0: okay stuff uh do you think that like you've kind of set out in what you have achieved uh, on what you wanted to achieve like
1: I've started to make changes uh that I wanted to see not I'm not quite there yet. there's still a lot that I want to do it's i this is my first season uh. That I'm we're currently going through season twelve, uh, and so there's a lot that I want to do. I'm learning along the ways, and I haven't. I'm not gonna say that I've made good decisions all the time, uh, and I felt pretty silly sometimes. But uh, uh, I think I'll I'll get there to help make art jail highlander the kind of fun uh, format uh, that people want to play.
3: Hmm,
2: all right. How was, th- like, what were the expectations you had going into it, and have those been met?
3: Um.
1: Let me think for a moment. Uh, Take your expect- time. The expectations for, uh, like, what the job entailed.
0: Yeah, and, like, how people would respond, like, what you'd be doing. Just that sort of stuff.
1: I mean, I knew the v- a vague idea. I didn't know anything particular, uh... I've never really looked into or analyzed how head admins functioned before applying, which uh, could be considered a little rash in a sense. But uh, I have found that it's a little bit more complicated than I originally expected. I actually have a lot of projects going on right now uh, this very week, especially with playoffs started. There's a lot of things to do. Uh, right. But at the same time, I'm having a couple of uh, real life changes that aren't interfering, per se, but is getting me burnt out a little bit faster for this week in particular, just because I have so much to do between the game and real life. And like I'm able to balance it, but it's, it's a bit tiring. I'd imagine. Just, all right.
0: Ah, uh, how about the reception by the community? Like, has that been positive so far? Has anybody like mistreated you? Like, how has the community reception been for you?
1: Um, it's kind of for it's kind of mixed. Uh, oh yeah. Yeah, I have gotten a lot of people like being pretty like when I talk to them, they're pretty chill with the the kind of things I say as a head admin. Like, if they ask for help, they They've been pretty nice about it and pretty understanding. But at the same time, like sometimes I make decisions uh, that may not benefit those teams, and then they 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 get understanding, and understandably frustrated about it. I it some people will get frustrated, but for the most part, it seems to be positive. I would say. Hmm.
0: Okay. And do you think it's, like, the same sort of reception that every other admin got? Like, is that just sort of something that comes with the job?
1: I think so. Uh, because, like, I'm doing my best to make a fair, uh, a fair system that, like, w- tries to work out for the most people as possible. But, uh, following this system that I'm supposed to be doing, uh, it doesn't always benefit everyone. And it can make people just just the decisions themselves based off of the things I'm supposed to be doing uh does make some people upset.
0: So do you think there's a bit of like an unhealthy and unrealistic expectation for you to do things that only benefit like them as in the context of like those teams and people?
1: Um... Like it... It depends. I think there's always something that I could be doing better. Uh, whether people like, like what I'm doing or dislike what I'm doing. Uh, I My own personal criticism towards myself is that uh, I, I'm i not a great communicator. Like Even as I'm doing this interview with you right now, uh, I feel like I don't say things very well. It's why I like typing my thoughts a lot more than speaking because I don't think I speak very well. Uh, and, but, like, even when I type, I, I feel like when I contact them that maybe I could be making a mistake in how I'm phrasing it, or, uh, maybe, like, the concept I'm missing something that maybe they, ha- they understand, but I don't, uh, because I, I don't think I'm perfect by any means, and I'm making a lot of, I could be making a lot of mistakes, uh. Though I try to get help whenever I can, uh, get additional feedback, because ultimately, like, this whole staff uh, kind of job thing with RGL, it's it's like a team thing. It's a team project. You have my div admins, they have their moderators, we kind of work together to make Highlander work. Uh, sometimes the system just doesn't benefit everyone. Like if, for instance, if there's a tiebreaker, right? We do math to figure out people who are tied to see which one is above the other and the math may favor one side and then the other side feels kind of cheated like there's just not much I can do in that case besides like maybe I could have reevaluated uh mm. how to do tiebreakers in the future but that's just an example of like how uh, I could potentially just improve myself. Hey,
0: okay. So what do you say, like, a a huge part of just, like, admining, especially, like, heading and having that perceived amount of, like, responsibility, like, a huge thing is just, like, communicate, like, how you communicate your changes, like, managing the PR side of it?
1: I do think so as well. Uh, Mm -hmm. Communication matters a lot with people. You don't want to leave them in the dark. Uh, Like I said earlier, when I wasn't head admin, I felt a lot less information coming towards me uh like information that came late and people need information in a timely manner and they also need the appropriate amount of information about right. what's going on uh both of which i'm trying to improve on uh i think i'm slipping a little bit this week in particular like uh it's wednesday and we're just now getting uh playoffs ready but uh, uh sorry not playoffs ready but playoffs like pu- uh, published like uh, if you check right now you would be able to see your matches most likely right uh but, like, I could have potentially been doing this on, like, Tuesday. I'm slipping a little bit, but uh, the PR side definitely matters a, f- a fair bit, I would say.